All right. Welcome back to episode 52 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Tarzan Edition. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It feels great that we're halfway to a year at this point, right? If my math is correct. Oh my God. Tommy, is that correct? Uh, I We have now graduated math classes, I guess. I never reached this level. Really? I figured you would be like a Calc 3 type of guy. I feel like you would have... Do you have linear algebra under your belt? No, I maxed that. Uh, or actually, I did take linear algebra. You're right. I did. But you I did. maxed I, I did. did, actually. I didn't. I yeah. took, I think I finished multi. No, I, I finished multivariable. Yeah. Nice. So I, well, I uh, for everyone back home, this is totally a random tangent here at the beginning. Wow. Uh, but when I started college, I was in the engineering school. So my first quarter, I took a bunch of like linear math, engineering, uh, computer engineering 101 classes. And I dropped that shit ASAP after starting. So that's, that's my background there. I almost linked up at Memorial Day with a Northwestern alum my year who graduated from the engineering school, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Was this a, a hinge date or what? No, he's a guy. Who oh. graduated from the <laughs> a little optimistic with me. Well, Max, people aren't here to talk about that. People only care about our card thoughts and we've been lacking. And that is, is on me. Talk podcast? This is a card talk podcast sponsored by Gary V's dick. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I, you've been all over the place. I've been without Wi-Fi and living in the Stone Age for about two weeks now. I want to hear what you've been up to, Max. You've been all over the country. You've been popping around. You've been dominating the social media sphere of cards. And I want to talk about all the shit you've been doing, dude. What's up? I don't know where to start. Um, I, we can go right into Dallas. I went to the Dallas Card Show this Two weekends ago, I want yeah. to say it is Wednesday, so two weekends ago, a weekend and a half ago. Yeah. And um, I guess a market pulse essentially is that football is on fire, basketball is lukewarm, baseball is lukewarm. My this is my second time attending the show. My first time was this past January. As many of you know, I'm very baseball centered and I will love buying baseball. Baseball is fun. I like the pitcher and the batter. As ig- ignorant self, uh, who are the hot football guys these days? I've been seeing a lot of – I feel like Justin Fields' hype is, like, crazy, and I feel like Trevor Lawrence is still around. Is that accurate? Um, I th- it's essentially Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are the darlings of the offseason, with uh, – pains me to say this, as this is a University of North Carolina quarterback, and I went to Wake Forest – where we were bitter rivals, uh, Sam Howell of the Washington Redskins is also the flavor of the week right now. Yeah, he's I said, most, he's most likely be related to Davis Mills. I love the background noise of you organizing your slabs on your desk, Max. That's one of my favorite podcast sounds that we got going. But yeah, well, I go. You had to endure all of those clickety clacks to find this Trevor Lawrence mosaic gold rookie, which is cool that I'm shipping out. That I cracked. As a PSA nine, it came back at PSA nine, and I sold it on eBay and still made a hundred bucks. So nice. I'll take that. I lost the crack out and still made a hundred bucks, even with the fees of regrading and stuff. Correct, uh, Max. Yeah, Max flip of the week. Um, I bought it for thirteen hundred dollars 
in, I think, late April. It is a gold out of 10. I believe there are four PSA 9s and one, excuse me, four PSA 10s and one PSA 9. The card is zero numbered out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cracked it, sent it. I cracked it, and I'm like, wow, this thing is a little bit uh, grateful that this, I'm grateful that this thing got a nine in the first place because it was not a strong nine despite most of the population being a PSA 10s. Sent mm-hmm. it out, came back a nine. I threw it up at 1750, firm, and it was binned. Nice. I uh, I have beef with that with the gold mosaics because I feel like they just look so similar to like the yellow ones that they put in every blaster. I feel like they're almost indistinguishable to like a normal person. Like, yeah, that's part of my issue with it as well. Because um, the yellow reactive is a very ugly card. Yeah, but it still looks like it. I remember when I was collecting Desmond Bane peacocks that oh. there is a blue reactive that was labeled as a peacock, and it ended for like six dollars, and I then had to. Go off to explain to people, no, this was a blue reactive, not a peacock. And speaking of which, something that hurts the peacocks is the rarity, but a true gold will outdo a peacock every day in the week and twice on days that end with Y. I feel like though in like 20 years, talking mega long term, I feel like the peacock mosaics are going to like have this like weird PMG nostalgic for some people and like the premium for those will be higher than almost any other mosaic parallel. I think it's crazy how high Genesis's are. Yeah, Genesis's are kind of whack in my opinion, but we'll see how they do in the long run. Um, Max, you Tom, drop a lot. Of, you drop. I just like I've been seeing so much, stuff, and I just wanted I want to ask your thoughts on what the hell happened with the Ty Cobb. You had a Ty Cobb. I had a Ty Cobb. I had my Tolstoy, my PSA one point five with tobacco or as some special fans allude to as poo stains on our Ty Cobb. So this was in a little bit of an adventure. I was with my, I wasn't with my roommate, but my roommate for the Dallas card show, uh, certified sports cards, whose name is also Max. Great gentleman. Um, he usually does not sick for Sundays. And as my holistic exploratory self, I try to, if I'm going to a location, and I'm going to spend my own money to travel for my own money before I get any naysayers in the comments, my own money to go on flights and hotels. And I'm traveling to a different part of the country. I'm thinking I want to make sure I'm here as long as possible, not just from a business trip expense, but also a life expense. And I have a internal debacle of like if I'm in Chicago Actually, no, Chicago doesn't count because I've crashed on your couch before. But if I'm in an unidentified city and I'm like, okay, like, wouldn't it be cool to see the grassy knoll? Yeah, it would be cool. But am I paying $50 in Ubers, enjoying it for a little bit, finding a cuisine to eat at, getting an extra day's hotel, and then taking another Uber to an airport or another Uber to another point of interest? That That's a few hundred bucks quick. So I get disgusted at myself for not playing tourist more but also playing tourist is expensive with that in mind um i booked an afternoon flight exit for sunday from the dallas card show rather than a morning flight out of sunday and this is relevant because i believe my flight was at 4 30 on sunday and my transaction with the cob was completed at about 2 45 p.m it was an extreme last minute deal I shopped my cob around the entire show with lackluster inference interest. Some people wanted it. My goal of it essentially was to 
I bought it for 5650. I wanted to get out of it ideally for six cash or 6500 as trade. I love my cob. If someone gave me 66,000 cash, I still don't know if I would have taken it. But 6500 trade, that's what I was kind of trying to get it cuz I was like 15% higher than I got it. I love the cob. I love the back. I am in the most masculine way possible, a slut for offbacks of T206. <laughs> I have another T206 offback on my desk right here that I will not get into a tangent to yet. But um, it was with KK, it was with Colby of KK Sports Cards. It was a fun deal overall. I saw, I didn't even intend to trade the Cobb. I saw a Mike Trout 2009 Bowman Chrome first autograph in his display case. And I'm like, how much? He's like, 7,500. I'm like, I'll give you 64 right now. And he's like, that's strong. It's not strong enough. He's like, I'll trade for it though. Oh, we can do some like look at my back. And I'm like, okay. Incidentally enough, I was talking with him about my Al Albert Pujols Bowman Chrome first auto for yeah. most of the show, but talks died out then. But he's liking this cob. He respects the off back. He is an off Mr. Colby is a off back respecter. Nice. Today, not Ann. And we pinned the Cobb at 6,500. We pinned the Trout at 7,500. Um, I threw in 500 bucks and two other cards that comped for $300 and $250 that I was into for 175 and 240 So ultimately, in my head, I was trading about 7,000 in cards, give or take, that I was into for like 6,300. Yeah. Plus five hundred dollars cash. Actually, my math is going to be wrong. Plus five hundred dollars cash for this Bowman Chrome Auto Trout that lasted seventy six hundred. So you're in it. You're in this trout for now, basically sixty eight hundred dollars. I am in it for exactly fifty six fifty plus five hundred plus two forty plus one seventy five. I was in it for exactly six thousand five hundred and sixty five dollars plus a little bit of insurance and tax with rea so let's say sixty six hundred dollars so last it so you're hoping to get like maybe a grand out of the trout now after the so only stealing and dealing so the same night that my pujols that i purchased my albert pujols bowman chrome autograph from heritage there was a psa 9 mike trout bowman chrome auto that did psa 9 this was a 9.5 that i acquired a psa 9 did eight thousand one hundred. damn yeah but the overall comps were about seven. Uh, last comps were, I think, 8,000, 7,900, and 7,600. What were so the, you got you to gotta tell the people what the other two cards were the, that were in the deal. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought I talked about them already. That's my bad. Um, they were a 2006 TriStar Clayton Kershaw Prospect Auto PSA 10. Nice. And it was a PSA 10, which, I mean, that Kershaw I was sitting on for a while and it didn't yeah. have any bites. And a PSA 10 first Bowman mega Ronald Acuna Jr. Not to be confused with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, mega Mojo PSA 10 that was worth like 250 bucks. Nice. So that's a that's an interesting deal. So Couple here's modern baseball cards, the Ty Cobb for the Trout. Yes. So a hundred years difference of cards. Wait, can we talk about the Trout? We've never really talked about that Trout Bowman Chrome first auto that much. Um can I tell I you this? Know, right? I'm going to wrap up the transaction because I yeah, ended up yeah, sorry. Out. No, uh, apology accepted. So, 
There was an auction. So last comp was May 14th, 7,600. On yep. May, so I think a day or so after I leave Dallas, an auction ends on eBay for 7,100. I then see that a five-day auction has then started. And then a few days later, there is a second VGS 9.5 Trout Auto on the market. And there's also one that ends tonight at Golden. But I'm seeing all these Trout Autos and I'm like, shit, I'm not yeah. going to be able to get like 8K eBay on this. Like I thought, I thought I had way more of a command of the market. I thought the PSA 9 at 8K was going to be a really good comp like its way. No, these things are flying left and right. Um, I listed on my slabs at 8,500 OVO. Um, yeah. I was getting shit from some of my friends because uh, I was ready to go rafting and kayaking. But uh, before we went rafting and kayaking, I was with at my table at uploading cards on my slabs and comping. Because I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, I can't sell these if they're not listed, bro. They don't, I can't sell these if they're not listed. But that same day, as I... Post rafting, as I'm getting dinner with them, I get an offer. I never have offers enabled in my slabs. I get an offer for seven thousand. I know another. I know the last did six thousand nine hundred fifty at this point. I thought there was another trout ending the following night. So I'm like, okay, he's offering me full eBay. Do I take this? Do I not? I don't know what the fees math is. Surely my slabs fees are better than eBay fees. I counter at seventy five hundred. I'm hoping I don't lose the initial offer. He counters me at 72 and I take it. In this instance, I did the math. My slab fees are six thousand or make the net sale six thousand eight hundred and four dollars. And eBay fees without promoted sales and promoted listings would be six thousand eight hundred and eight. So I netted four dollars less accepting it on my slabs than what my eBay price would have been. So what was the final, what's the final math on this, on how much money you made off of the cob? So the auction that ended the final, the following night was $5,900. Shit. So hindsight being 2020, I took my money and ran. It ended up being phenomenal. I made a measly $200 in the entire transaction. <laughs> you went through an insane transaction process to make $200 on that and yeah, so how do you think I'm gonna explain it to, how am I gonna explain this to the IRS? <laughs> the IRS is gonna be like this motherfucker, man. This motherfucker. Yeah, I spent six thousand six hundred to make six thousand eight hundred. But I owned a really cool cob for a month. And you got a lot of Twitter impressions out of posting about it. I think I got less on this one than I did the first one. I almost bought another cob uh last or on Sunday night. Dude, Ty Cobb was such a dick though. Like how I He's just such a fucking asshole. It's hard for me to hard for I, me to get behind it. I know where our pol politics stand. Um, Cap Anson is someone who is underratedly not hated enough. Is he should be hated more? He is like single handedly responsible for segregation in baseball. Well, you learned it here. Max has made it deeper and deeper. Yeah, like Ty, Ty Cobb was racist and very discriminatory towards people of other skin tones. Yeah. But to an ex to an extent, I'm not excusing it. To an extent, is was like within the norms of the early 1900s. Cap Anson would protest and not play baseball games if there were a, like a single black outfielder or someone in the stands, and he would make fits and tantrums if it weren't entirely all white. So, yeah. I implore you to redirect 
your hatred towards Capianson, but still keeping a respectable amount of disdain for Ty Cobb. I will put most of my hate towards Capans in here. That sounds that sounds good. Uh, yeah, I, I need to rewatch talk- re- baseball by Ken Burns. I am yeah. halfway through episode three. There we go. Slow progress is always being made. I need to talk about the Mike Trout. That was a trout. That was a trout. That was a crazy ordeal. I love that entire story. I had not heard any of that yet. I am still processing it a little bit. But in doing so, I want to talk about the Mike Trout because it is one of those cards that I see often. But I don't really understand the rarity of it. I don't have a good handle on the market. I do know I do know a little bit about it. I know that he doesn't have a base Bowman first. I know it's just the auto. Correct. Do we know print run? Um, I know the refractor is out of 500 and you cannot tell pretty much any print runs because I know on the refractor, like the combined, I'm actually probably going to undershoot it, but I think the combined pop report of the numbered refractors out of 500 is like 700 between PSA and BGS. Like the card has been cracked out and resubmitted so many times over the past near decade and a half that you can't really extrapolate it with the base. But if I had to take a guess, maybe 1,000 to 1,500, I don't know. I think I think nowadays most base autographs have like two to 3,000 copies. So if I'm like extrapolating what it would be for 2009 standards and that's the lowest parallel is 500. And I think the blues are out of 200. There's blues and then there's X factors. And then I think just gold and red. I don't know, man. I, I don't do this stuff. Yeah, what I'm asking you a baseball card question, like no. Yeah, no, like pick my brain, bro. No, that's crazy. I I'm really ha- that I'm really happy for you, dude, to have out of the. You had a little fun story out of that, but yeah, what I, else get to, I get to hold it in my hand as I'm slow on shipping. Nice, slow, classic slow on shipping Max deal going on. Never, yeah, um, I'm the fastest shipper in the West. No, I'm on the all right though, Max. It's been three weeks. What else has been going on? We reached Dallas. You said Dallas basketball is cold even during the playoffs. Basketball is just cold, it seems like. I've been able to it's, pick it's up some relatively stuff. relatively cold, I'd say. Like, no one really wanted Luka. No one really wanted – actually, I don't remember what the series of the – I think, like, it was 3-0 heat yeah. at that point. No one wanted Tatum. No one wanted Celtics. And even now, I don't think, you know, even with Boston almost coming back, this isn't a sports analysis podcast, so I'll spare you the details. But basketball was transacted at the normal basketball rate. Um, with that being, LeBron has always moved. Your big basketball guys are always moved. But the flavor of the week sphere of it was absent. And the hottest players are Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I think like the hype is now relegated from Lawrence and Fields, who are not a sports analysis podcast, good quarterbacks to Desmond Ritter. Oh, did you know that in the past three years that Atlanta has spent their first round picks on a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end? Ooh, they're going to kill their Desmond Ritter is poised for success. That's those are the types of storylines that we now have with cards. And I will make money grading them, but I don't want to hold my hands act with them after the national from a yeah. flipper boy standpoint. From a flipper yeah. man standpoint, yeah, I want my dead guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, I've been seeing some screenshots of Caleb Martin sales since the series ended for basketball. I feel like that's kind of like a 
a name that could pop off of the heat win. Like his stuff could be like, Oh, at the beginning of the playoffs, Caleb Martin was this card was at yeah, 50 cents. I had, a, I had a funny tweet that, um, or I thought it was funny. So I tweeted it. Um, <laughs> I think at one of my cards that I got for a dollar in a value bin, what like, this is probably like, I want to say like, I took my hardcore value boxing and have my V value box that I have on my eBay inventory in since I graduated college about a year ago. That makes me feel old. Sorry, old reviewers. That makes me feel old. And I picked up like a Caleb Martin. I didn't even know I owned it. A Caleb Martin purple press proof at a two ninety nine, And the I think like a few within a few hours after game seven ended that same night, it sold on eBay for like 10 bucks. Like a Donruss purple press proof of Caleb Martin out of 299. And I'm like, he just won game seven. Let's fucking go. And it's like just a picture of my like transaction summary that like the card had sold. Nice. That's awesome. I knew oh, yeah, I knew you were off it. Yeah, no, that's I mean, I've, I feel like I don't know. I've seen some stuff of Cody Martin stuff going crazy, not knowing that it's his brother. Um, I saw, I think that Caleb Martin's logo man from NT was bought for $650 after game seven. And it's, oh, is, is the card going to ship or not? You know, those type of hype Instagram sports, sports, new sports card content accounts, posting those little quirks. And I think that's a little bit funny. Yeah. That's I'm cool. amused. I'm Tom, amused. What's up? No, what's up? What's up with me? No, well, I was saying something, but I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the, the basketball situation. Since we're in the finals, we got Nuggets Heat, which I feel like Adam Silver's pissed, but card card fans are probably also a little pissed. I feel like anyone who was holding, you know, holding LeBron, thinking that his title might come again, or holding Tatum. I feel like Tatum was a buzz before the year and Luka as like, oh, these are the guys that are going to win MVP. They're going to win their first rings this year. All that's fizzled out. We got Jimmy fucking Butler against Jokic. And Jimmy Butler is like kind of a weird card market where you got some Bulls fans who still love him, but also like Heat, Heat fans don't buy basketball cards based on Dwayne Wade prices. So I feel like it's kind of like a recipe for no buzz, no one hyped about any of the cards in the basketball market, which I'm honestly kind of fine with. Uh, for a short, like, three days, mellow cards are in demand. Oh, yeah. But after with his retirement announcement, but that was about it. Yeah, this is, this is not a sports analysis podcast. Nikola Jokic is not card good. Jimmy Butler is not card good. And collect who you love. Controversial take that you've probably never seen before. Collect what you love. Hot take. Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy Butler is an interesting one for me because – if he wins this finals, wins finals MVP, he's going to have a better resume than a lot of guys that get a lot of love in the hobby. And he's going to be kind of this dude that's floating around with a lot of cards from the Panini era, a lot of random shit. And I feel like you're going to be able to buy cool Jimmy Butler cards for the rest of life. Um, in fact, my first fun card that I bought since the last episode is that in 2021 or 2022 optic basketball, Clay Thompson, got his little all-star card with Jimmy Butler because they debuted their first all-star games in the same year, I want to say 2015. Um, so I've been having fun. I'm actually watching the Gold Vinyl 101 right now on eBay. Of Jimmy I, Butler? Of the Jimmy Butler clay card. 
I yeah. bought I bought the red and the blue for a combined under 20 bucks, which is okay. nice. We love rainbows. You know, we fucking we love rainbows, but um wait, did that already end? Shit. People love oh it ended for three all right, guess, 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 guess. Um three hundred eighty three dollars. Three thirty eight. Three thirty eight. That's the Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Optic, True 101, Gold Vinyl. Um, I do – here's one oh, random take. Run random take for you, Max. If you're okay. going to do a rainbow, do an insert because they make less parallels. Oh, that's kind of based. It's kind of based. based? Nice. Yeah, kind of based. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man. Um, um, I have a random card on my desk. Let's hear it. A Walker Kessler Gold Optic Contenders Auto out of 10. And they said basketball is dead. Yeah. Or no, or is this true gold? Or yeah, I guess this is an optic. This is just the normal gold. Yeah. I don't know. Just in the grading pile or something yeah. like that. I got this little like hobby armor type little cardboard. It would ship mm-hmm. from China. Nice. That's what Kessler was pulled. I love I love where cards are pulled. I feel like I want to just know where every card that I've ever owned has been originated from. But Max, did you see that Panini got broken into? Uh, yes. The headquarters. I don't know the full story, but I heard about it. That sounds like someone who doesn't have an alibi. Maybe I did it. <laughs> I I have always been fascinated by break-ins like that for just being like, damn, what did they take? What is now out of circulation, or what is going to be popping up in circulation as like crazy shit that like this is the printing the actual printing press that national national treasures was made with or whatever I found like it very interesting when um again i didn't do this either but when burbank uh cards was broken into yeah and they caught the guy and the guy also hit up bullpen la yeah i mean good story i think they recovered everything but i think the guys like tried to break in the burbank and it was like immediately sounded with alarms and they just like grabbed the hobby case on the right way out and ran yeah but i but it wasn't me my uh my lcs here elite sports cards got broken into last year and ronnie had like a bunch of like slabs like a babe ruth gowdy and like a jordan rookie a bunch of bunch of shit was stolen from him this guy the guy who stole the cards from him sold them to another kid who then posted them on a facebook group in chicago and they were able to like go from that guy to get the the main guy who stole the shit and that guy is now waiting trial and shit so there are good and ronnie was able to get most almost all of his cards back i think there was like one random mantle slab that he didn't get back but there are good things that happen sometimes when don't be a dumbass who steals slabs like you can be so much better than that be a better person don't steal cards um tommy i have a a would you rather i have a kmf do it so um the rain date for the biggest garage sale in town is Sunday. So that's the rain date. It's planned for Saturday, right? And it's like streets upon streets have garage sales. Like you can be walking for like 30 to 45 minutes and it's just houses of all garage sales. It's like a town coordinated garage sale event. So, but that's on Saturday. The rain date is Sunday. Okay. On Sunday, there are two card shows within driving distance. Say it's raining on Saturday and the rain date is Sunday. Would you rather go to this monster garage sale that is not all sports or sports cards or whatever, 
or yeah. go to two card shows in one day? I, you know what my answer to this is. I would definitely do the garage sale. Yes. Mainly because I need stuff for my apartment right now. But also, like, are card shows are card shows. Are you on a ground level apartment? I am on a ground level apartment here. I got a nice little backyard. We got a little, we got two units above me. We got one person on the first floor and then we got two other floors where it's one family. Are um, you a basement dweller? Yeah, we got some good light in here, though. It's not too yeah, bad. I was going to say, this is very environmentally friendly and aware um, backdrop, backdrop you have. Yeah, we got we got a good little backdrop here if you're watching. Is it on compost? It's still composting. Um, I actually found a Magic the Gathering card of compost that I'm going to buy now for myself because I think that's hilarious. I was once, this past summer, uh, I was finishing up a roughly three mile run. It was pretty much a 5k. Um, I was doing like my normal run and I found a uh, Pikachu card on the side of the road. Nice. And it was in like PSA one condition and it was from like chilling rain or something like that. It was from one of the sword and shield sets. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And then, uh, and then three weeks later, so this was like about like three quarters of a mile from my house. Uh, the debris, so I put it back down, the debris and the wind eventually like pushed it to my driveway like three weeks later. Damn, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really cool. Don't litter your cards, people. But also, Max, I forgot that I actually went to a card show since last okay. time I spoke. Card shows are business trips. Card shows drain you out. Yes, but card shows are fun. And I went to the Ludux card show, which is a very manageable show for in terms of like, you can go see every dealer in under two hours, look through most stuff there. Um, Got to see our boy Nick Stackensell, who's uh, doing some more broad content now, which yeah, I'm very yes, happy. He, I was watching this garage sale video. Yeah. It was good in preparation for my big garage sale. Yeah, Saturday. I was going to say. Um, but no, Nick's going to come over to my new crib. We're going to do another video. Like, Is I it a play date? What? Is it a play date? It's a play date. Okay, Nick cool. likes to, he likes to come over. We're going to talk about cards. We're going to film some me going through some of my collection. We're going to smoke some weed. We're going to have all the shenanigans go down. Legally. Legally, obviously, all legal stuff. But I'm excited to do that. I haven't really been that motivated to do card content as much. The last, doing the moving process. Max, you are you just did the move. You, no, I had way not, more cards. I'm not done it yet. Oh, you haven't done it. But like, you're approaching the move. Yes. And I think something that a lot of people probably can relate to is moving with your collection. Some of yeah. the thoughts that go through your head. I was like so stressed in the car with my my cards. I was like worried about so much shit. Um, I was able to move everything successfully. We had no, you know, collateral from the from the move for when it comes to cards. I'm really excited about being able to like set up new stuff. So like set up new displays. I want to do like a whole wall devoted to cards, figure out cool ways of displaying stuff. Um, but moving also like puts into perspective, like when I moved to Chicago, I moved out here like specifically with no cards. I was like, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to bring any cards from home with me. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to build a whole new collection in Chicago. It's going to be kind of like a from scratch thing. And sure. I brought some cards back from home out here. I'm starting to move my collection out of my parents' house and stuff. But um it's always a good to reflect and be like, damn, dude, like over the last couple of years, I've started a life here, got my own crib, been able to 
build a pretty cool collection. And it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty, yeah, pretty it's cool. cool. It's cool. And, and you know, that's I started with... That's pretty I, cool. <laughs> I, I, Max, we talk about uh, how, you know, the journey that we've had with cards. I feel like every guest we have on is always asked, like, what's your card journey? And for me, I feel like I've reached a new level of my card collecting where I feel like I'm very focused. I know exactly what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what I'm not going to touch. I know what I am going to touch all of. And it's a pretty cool point to reach in my life where I'm like, I actually know exactly what I'm going to collect for the rest of my life. Now, obviously, people that listen to this know that I change up my perspective a lot, but um, it was fun. I like moving stressful as hell, but moving and reflecting on your card journey, two thumbs up. I got one. If anything, that's um, a direct foil to my collecting adventures. As I had a very strong Glaber Taurus collection, relatively strong Glaber Taurus collection, not the big money Glaber Taurus collections starting in about 2019, 2020. And then 2021, I. I climbed my mountain enough of my, I got my first Bowman Chrome Auto and Gem Mint. I got my Sapphire rookie and a PSA 10 Gem Mint. I got a rookie debut black PSA 10. And it's like, well, I could break the bank and spend thousands for consumerism and just trying to assert my dominance over other men that have a lifestyle more money than me. And if we all know one thing, I, I'm not a consumer. I'm not a sports or a form of tribalism. Not me. So I pivoted to other things. I like forced myself to get into vintage for a bit. That with little success in about 2022 to an extent. I tried set collecting. I have my unfinished black-white mini diamond parallel set from 2021 Topps Chrome. That was just a waste of $2,000. <laughs> That was an insane that thing by cost, you. That set costs a lot of money. And it's yeah. still a finish. It's almost like 10 cards. But it just wasn't fulfilling enough. And it's a cool little thing that I will keep and that I have for myself yeah. once it finishes the remaining six cards. <laughs> but um, I've fallen into great interest of pre-war lately, even though I don't even know many of the subjects to their largest depth. It's, I mean, I find it a little bit funny because not to toot my own horn in a weird way, but, you know, we were like, oh, well, you know, like even um, Colby from KK Sports, the guy I was trading the Cobb to, was like, oh, wow, you know, like so much about this back and the rarities. And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for like three months. <laughs> it's like, I have not, I'm not someone who's on Vintage Forever. I'm not going to pretend like I ever have been, but I enjoy card history. I, there's, you know, the first five and then the next three. And then Joe Jackson, what could have been, are really the biggest names to an extent. And I enjoy learning about collectibles, what have made what makes something collectible to us. I don't know if that means I further pivot into historical items or whatever, because I at least have an allure and respect for the rarity for these items. Like if something, you know, like I my Cobb Tolstoy would have like three public sales in any grade a year. It's like that's hot. I want it. That gets me going. Yeah. Give me that. And that's something that's pretty common with pre-war. You have like one sale, like this 
Christy Mathewson, Cycle 350, Dark Cap back, and an SGC1. Uh, really damn cool card. It is a... So I'm going to get into my tangent. There are six super prints in T206 that I believe are covered in the... So there's three different series, the 150s, the, the 350s, and the 350 to 460s, and that's due to what is on the back of the card. I don't have a card that doesn't have a thrashed back right now, so otherwise I would show it to the camera for all of our YouTube YouTube viewers. And there is two cobs. The green cob is only in the 150 set. The red cob is in the 350, which says a set of 350 subjects, and the 350 460, which is, oh, these contain subjects 350 to 460 or something like that. I don't know. And there's yeah. six subjects that are super prints. It is the Ty Cobb Red. It is the Frank Chance Portrait. It is the How Chase Blue Portrait. It is the Chrissy Matthewson Dark Cap. It is one of the Johnny Everses. And shit, I don't know the other. I don't know the six. <laughs> there is a six. It's yeah. Frank Chance. Yeah, whatever. I got a Frank Chance and Johnny Evers are the two hard ones. The other, I think it might be the other How Chase. I think it might be How Chase throwing Dark Cap is the sixth. I don't know if that has any significance to any of our viewers or Tommy himself. But anyway, this is the Chrissy Mathewson that is one of the more highly printed of Mathewson's. And because they're super prints and they're covered in all the 350 and the 350, 460, they have a, the largest back variety. The Ty Cobb Red specifically has the largest back variety of the entire set. I think there's like 20 different backs that the Ty Cobb Red can have, something like that. So this is a slightly rarer back than the Tolstoy on the cob, albeit this is in much worse condition. And I think there was like the last sale of this outside of the auction that I won this at. And the auction that I won it at doesn't even show up on card ladder, wink nod, mm -hmm. um, was like June 2022 for an SGC Authentic. And pop reports are also get really weird for T206 because yeah. for stuff like the cycle, there's the cycle 350s and the cycle 354 and specifically with T206, I'm on my tangent, Tommy. I'm so sorry. No, but you're good. There's they didn't they didn't distinguish like the numberings on the back. Like there's a section of Ty Cop Reds that just says Ty Cop Piedmont, and you don't know if that's a 350 or a 350 And same with these, Cycle has 350, and Cycle has Cycle 460, and SGC distinguishes it a little weirdly which isn't even distinguished on this. This says 1909 to 1911 cycle. So this is not distinguished. But on PSA, it will say Chrissy Matthews and Dark Cap cycle 350, Chrissy Matthews and Dark Cap cycle 460, and then Chrissy Matthews and Dark Cap cycle. And then for, I think, SGC, it says 1910 cycle and 1911 cycle which is imperfect science because you don't even know if it was released exactly in 1910. Yeah. But there's So point being, because of that overarching just cycle population, which I think has like 20 cards graded in each side, you don't even know the exact circulation of the back. And that doesn't even get into cr slap cracking. Yeah. And because no one, it, I would say that it's unlikely people are cracking these slabs as much. Not necessarily to regrade, but just because some people love it in their binders. Yeah, I love the people that bind their T206s, but Max, yeah. um, we I had, 
we had a class. Someone, someone cracked a Roberto Clemente rookie who I love, and I don't want to out them because they sold the card to someone else. But this was really cool. They're, the Roberto Clemente rookie that I sold as a PSA 2 cracked, which was dead centered and looked great, cracked, submitted the SGC. I got an SGC 3.5 with a top 30% IPL sticker. So that nice. just shows the subjectivity between it and that some people are definitely willing to crack. That is that. That is, a, I respect it. It's a dangerous game. Um, and he sold it for like a thousand dollars more than I sold it to him for. But I'm, I made my money on it, so I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I, happy he won. But that's cool. First of all, I love all your TTO six tangents. I would literally be the most ignorant human being on earth if I did not listen to them. So I love them. Second, at Ludex, I had a whole afternoon with Ross. Shout out Ross if you're listening. Me and Ross went on this whole thing about how should we structure the T206 set in our database and how should it look. And it was so complex because every grading company, we look at their the grade reports and it'd be like the same, the same stuff you just talked about. Like, oh, this is called 1910 cycle. This one says 1911. But then there's general cycle. Like, which one do we go with? Like, what is this? And it was, I don't think... I was ever a part of the resolution. I think that we kind of just threw in all the base cards as like one thing and we're still fit. They're probably still figuring it out, but I ran into that exact problem in a past life that I never really figured it out, but I'm glad that it's now impacting your buying decisions. Yeah. SGC will specifically do the year estimates because even chronologically, like the Severs was released only from 1909 to 1911 and the 35460 was pretty much released in 1911, but the way you tell is like some of the trade overlaps that have been like reflected. I think like Kleinman is his name, who's like a catcher. He was traded, I think, from Boston to the New York Giants, and some of them are from Boston. And it's like, oh, okay, so this means that he was trade he was traded in August of 1910, and this reflected it. Therefore, it was made after August 1910. But then there'll be like another trade that like was done in August 1910 and then isn't reflected. So there's controversy regarding the years, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm kind of soft, Max. Uh, this has been a really fun one. And we will have another episode on Monday. It is Wednesday right now. So Tommy, I'm going to milk you dry out of episodes. I like, am here all... We're going to be pumping episodes in June. Expect co- content to make up for the three weeks of no content from us. We will be making up for the lost time and we will be having a lot of episodes this summer. I'm going to be going, we're going to be going to the national. We'll be doing something fun for that. We're going to be all over the place. And what you can expect is good card content, some fun guests that we got lined up and I'm excited, Max. This is going to be a fun summer. 52 episodes. Is this episodes a hot boy in. summer? Is this it's a, a hot, hot card summer? summer? Is, it, is it a hot hinge summer? Uh, not for me but it is maybe for you it seems like i am hoping i'm hoping it's for you i would love to do a hit matches max's hinge segment at the end to see what the updates are but i don't oh, yeah, want to put sure. you on blast <laughs> no it's a lot of fun yeah right now i, think, I have them. what's I have more fun matches right now it's going great <laughs> what's more fun uh messaging with ebay buyers or messaging with potential hinge dates Oh, easily eBay buyers. I had an, an I have a Mike Trout finest out of one night. No, I actually have two really good eBay stories right now. 
Yeah, dude. Um, and I'm going to close the episode with because we're, yeah. we're only 43 minutes. So yeah, dude, I can dude. do what I want. It's my podcast. Thanks. It's yep. your podcast. It's your podcast. Thanks. I had a Mike Trout finest out of 199, the green refractor. And at BGS 95, I'm priced at $1,500. And the guy's like, offer 700 And I'm like, why would I do that? No, no. It's like, do you have a compelling reason why I should do that? And he's like, BC space, you are space, a nice guy, question mark. And I'm like, well, if I'm a nice, well, actually, I am a nice guy. But if you were a nice guy, you would offer 2200 on it. If you offer me 2200 I'll offer seven hundred on on the card for a card that's fifteen hundred dollars. So it's like yeah. okay, you know, it's like offer offer twenty two hundred, and it's like I changed my price for like twenty two hundred, and then he didn't buy. It. He's like, okay, and I'll make it seven hundred, and I'm like, okay, cool. I accept your twenty two hundred dollar offer. Pay for the card. But you pay for the card. I'll accept your seven hundred dollar offer, and I'll you know get the other card for seven hundred. You know, had the you know just messing around in the eBay DMs. And it's like, oh, no, I thought by offer, I thought you meant just like you're offering to change the price, not just offering like it's a binding offer. But that was a fun uh, horsing around. Nice. Um, additionally, uh, I have three Erling Holland PSA 10 Sapphires, all from PSA 9s that were cracked and regraded. And I think I'm making like $500 profit a piece on them. Nice. So essentially like... They can get off the drink menu when I'm taking them out to restaurants, okay? Like, I'm living large. Yeah. But uh, that being said, I sold one for $875, and that netted about $750. And then I got an offer from a low feedback account saying, offer $750. And I'm like, what's your Instagram? And he's like, I don't have Instagram. I'm like, okay, like, what's your – oh, just kidding. This was all This was all in, uh, in Minecraft. This is all musical theater eBay, if you're listening to this, this is just a uh, theoretical, right? Yeah, theoretical. Yeah, theoretical in Minecraft, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it was both. It was theoretically in Minecraft. <laughs> um, so, you know, I get his email and he's like this really nice, like Italian guy. He's like, I'm like, great. And I'm like, assuming this is in the US, like, I think I don't want to dox the guy, but his name was like, uh, like, let's say his name was essentially Sylvester Sion. Right. That's what that was phonetically very similar to his name. Yeah. And I'm calling, you know, he's like, I don't know how to pay it. Like, let me know. I'm like, I don't know how to, I've never sent money on PayPal before. Let me know how to, I should pay it. And it's like, I get on the phone with him today. I'm like, Hey, Sylvester, how you doing? He's like, I'm doing, he's like strong Italian X. I'm doing good. I want to get, I want to get a Erling Holland card from my brother. And I'm like, you got a great choice. This is a great card. <laughs> And I'm like, I appreciate you. How's your day doing? Oh, it's busy. I'm at work right now. And I'm like, busy's good. <laughs> busy is always good. And I log into PayPal. So I'm like, so you want to go to like the cert, you know, want to go to the search bar and press the send money button. You want to type in maxed99 at gmail.com. Um, I will take fan emails if someone wants to send an email to that address. Yes. Um, press enter. And it's like, yeah, he's like, oh, do I do? How do where do I put the address? I'm like, no, you don't put it in the memo. You can do goods and services, or you can do friends and family, whatever you're most comfortable with. I I don't have to pay like four percent in fees if you do goods and services. He's like, I'll do goods and services, and I'm like, all right, perfect, whatever you're most comfortable with. It's like, all right, then you put your your you know your address in. I'm doing this on the phone, walking this very nice Italian. He's like, this is PSA ten, right? I'm like, this is a PSA ten. He's like, oh, mamma mia. 
And let's just say tonight I'm going to be packaging up his package. I'm going to be sending it to his brother out in California. And those are my two fun eBay interactions of the week. Um, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it's, just, it's just so much more boring, man, because, well, for whatever reason. Dude, that is the sort of shit that only happens to you. I love it. That's not going to happen on Hinge. It's not going to happen on Hinge. No. And, it, and stories like this are only told on the Young Old Heads podcast. And with that, we will say good night. God bless. We will see you on Monday with much more about what we've been buying on eBay lately. I have a lot of cards I've been buying. They haven't been expensive or very noteworthy, but I still want to talk about them, Max. So we will be talking more about that stuff next week. Um, we have a guest that will probably be either the next episode or the week episode after. He's pissed, he's probably pissed at us for, for me going ghost mode on the Wi-Fi, but oh, we're back. What do you say? I have no idea. I haven't caught up with him either. Yeah, so we announced this. We already announced who the guest was last time. Oh, we did. Shit. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, I'll end the podcast on this note with my Walker Kessler uh, gold contenders auto, which was shipped from China. Um, as a card condom, I received this white shorts piglet card. Nice. Max, my question to girls on hinge when i was on yeah. it and the question